In seeking the Lord about what would be appropriate this morning, today, I was impressed with a verse. Go with me to John, the third chapter, please. John chapter 3. Don't know if you're familiar with this verse. (laughs) What are y'all laughing about? But it's a really, really good verse. John 3, verse 16. John 3, 16. You believing with me this morning? You know, I don't have anything unless the Lord would give it to us and through us. And even though it was, it came out perfectly, you wouldn't get it unless the Lord gave you ears to hear it, right? Heart and understanding. So you and I are looking to Him. Is that right? We're depending on Him. Anybody know this verse, John 3, 16? Has anyone exhausted all the light and revelation and truth from John 3, 16? Nope, they have not. You believe you could get things out of this verse today that you've never seen, do you? Amen. It says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Keep reading. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believes on him is not condemned. Is that you? How many lift up a hand and say, I believe on him. I believe on him. Then you are not And won't be condemned. But he that believes not is condemned. Already. Because he's not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. You know. uh, Go back if you would to the 16th verse. We're coming back there in just a moment. But. Hell is a real place. Hell was not originally made for human beings. It was made for created beings, we call them angels, that rebelled against God, deceived and led astray by the one we call the devil who is also called the destroyer. But if you don't want God and you reject him, what is to be done with you? Are you listening? There's no other place to go but with the others who rejected him and rebelled against him. I was watching a a news show one time where this internationally known interviewer was talking to a pastor. And 
he and someone of his guests were kind of getting irate because they said, you know, if God exists and uh, he is love like you all say he is, how can a God who is love send people to a place of eternal death and separation and torment? It's ridiculous, they said. And they went on. And uh, as I was watching that, I thought, now, Lord, I, I believe what your word says, but What's the best way to answer such a question? If a, how can a God who is love send men and women to hell? How can that be? And just, I mean, just like that, it came up in my spirit. I don't mean I heard a voice outside, but it's real inside of me. He said, Keith, it's not my choice. <laughs> is that true? Is that true? It's not my choice. Then he's not really the one sending them. He offered for them to come be with him. Is that right? And they rejected that. They refused that. Well, if you you refuse him, where else can you go? There's not like there's three choices. Or four or five. <laughs> There's only two spiritual families in the earth and outside the earth that we know anything about from the Bible. It's the family of God and the family of the devil. Jesus told some of the most religious people in his day, he said, you are of your father the devil. They were priests. They were religious scribes. The only way you get in the family of God, the only way, according to the Bible, is by receiving Jesus, the Christ, and being born from above, born again. Can you say amen? Amen. You can't just join this family. You can't work your way in. You can't buy your way in. You're born Just like you were born into the natural family, you're born into the spiritual family. And if you don't receive him, you don't get in this family. Oh, friend, how glad we ought to be that we've been born again. Hmm? And if you hadn't been, you're in the right place for it to happen right now. This morning. You know, the disciples came back to Jesus and they were excited and rejoicing because of the the power they were seeing in the name of Jesus against uh, the enemy and and evil works. And he said, that's great, that's great. But let me tell you what you ought to rejoice about, that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. He said, now you're talking about getting excited. That's what you ought to get excited about. (laughs) Is your name written? In the Lamb's book of life? Then you are a part of the eternal family of God. And you're being groomed right now. Trained to rule and reign with Him in His kingdom which shall have no end. And a fellow could get happy in here today. You could get, you could get, uh, get excited in here today. Let me read this to you from some other translations. Uh, Verse, actually, go back to verse 3 of this chapter, John 3 and 3. 
Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. He said, nobody can do the works you're doing except God be with him. And John 3 and 3, verse 3, he said, Verily, verily, I say to you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So verse 16, where it says, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that's connected with this. He's continuing to talk about being born again. Now, actually, the term, we use the term born again widely, but if you look it up in the original scriptures, the term means born from above. That's really more accurate. Born again is accurate, but born from above is what the text says. Born from above. You cannot see the kingdom of God. You can see that. Let's just keep reading and you'll see why, why it's that way. Uh, Nicodemus says, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say to you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not to you that I said you must be born again or again, born from above. How are you born from above, born again? It is the result, verse 16 says, of God's love. Said out loud, born from above, born from above. because of God's love. In verse 16, I'm reading now from the uh, uh, Young's Literal Translation. It says, for God did so love the world. Listen to the uh, uh, Weymouth Translation. Weymouth says, for so greatly did God love the world. But Weist says it like this, for in such a manner did God love the world? We've heard this verse so many times, it's easy to just miss what he's, go, go past it and, and miss it. For God so loved, that word so loved, it means in a specific way. He loved us in such a way that he did this. What, what kind of love, what kind of way is he talking about? In uh, 1 John, if you'll go over there, 1 John, the third chapter. Of course, same human uh, pen in John, the gospel account, and the first John, epistle of John, but the Holy Spirit through him. In 1 John 3... Verse 1, what does it say? Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knows us not or doesn't recognize us, not aware of who we are, because it didn't recognize him. Not aware of who he who he was and who he is. 
most of the planet is unaware of who Jesus is. It, it is so sad. It is so sad. Billions of people worship false gods that have never answered a prayer and never will. Somebody says, surely you don't believe that. I, if I'm a Christian, I have to believe that. If I believe the Bible, I must believe that. If you don't believe the Bible, you're not a Christian. Come on, are you with me? Well, billions of people can't be wrong, Brother Keith. Oh, yes, they can. Oh, yes, they can. The majority is not always right. No. Look at history. Millions of people have been deceived about a thing. Is that right? And nobody saw it until nations were destroyed. Right? And countless lives lost in destruction. And finally people realized, oh, that wasn't true. It didn't work. That's not right. Oh, no. The earth is full of deception. Oh, but I believe the Bible. And it makes me happy. Somebody said, well, you're just, you're just narrow-minded and saved. <laughs> and saved. Why you say there? Well, obviously, there's many ways. People have their own way of worshiping, and there's just many ways to God. No, if, I, if I'm going to believe the Bible, I can't believe that. Hmm? If I'm going to be a real Christian, I can't believe that. Jesus, if you're going to be a Christian, you have to believe what the Christ told you. Well, I have a right to my beliefs. Actually, you don't. If Jesus is Lord, you're supposed to submit to his lordship. Believe what he told you to believe. Not just make up stuff as you go along. (laughs) People are so keen on thinking they're superior by being politically correct and being inclusive till they are confirming people's lies as they plummet into destruction. Comforting people believing a lie is not love. And it's not helping them. And it doesn't make you superior or enlightened. It makes you part of the problem. (laughs) Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. Nobody comes to the Father except by me. He said, if you don't believe I'm the one, the one, you will die in your sins. Now, you believe that or not? Scripture said in 1 John, if you don't accept the Son, you don't have the Father either. But if you accept the Son, you have both the Son and the Father. I'm quoting Scripture. Huh? Oh, we love you, Lord Jesus. He is our salvation. Isn't he? He is the only, only way. He said, verse John 3, behold what manner of love? That's the same thing John 3.16 is saying. For God so loved. 
God, in, in this manner, in such a manner, did God so love the world that he gave his only begotten son. Because of the darkness, because of the ignorance, there is animosity against God. There is ill will. There's unspoken bitterness against God with many throughout the planet. There are many who deny that God exists. But then among those who say, well, I guess maybe he is, yeah, I, I, maybe he does, maybe he is, but if he cared about us, why'd he let this happen to me? If he cared about this, I begged him, I pleaded with him about this. Where was he? Why this? Why didn't this happen? There's, there's been times in my life that I've looked at situations and said to the Lord, Lord, I, this, this hurts me. This bothers me. And what love I have is what you put in me. You are love. If this bothers me, I know it bothers you. How do you tolerate the pain in this planet? I asked him that one time. I said, how, how, do, you, how do you tolerate it? He answered me immediately. And I wasn't expecting the answer the way it was. I, again, I didn't hear an audible voice, but inside me real clear. He said, it's very brief. Now, is that the answer you'd have thought of? Me either. But isn't that an answer? How do you tolerate it? He said it's very brief. We don't see things the way he sees them. <laughs> People think the worst thing in the world. Well, they died, so all was lost. Dying is not the worst thing that can happen to you. Not by a long shot. Before the day's out, hundreds of thousands of people will have died somewhere on the planet. They're leaving here by the scores of thousands all over the place every day. Hmm? Every, every couple of seconds, every 1.8 seconds or something, a person leaves. Two more. Two more. Is that right? This is a part of life. And so people want to get mad at God because somebody died? That's ignorance. But what we need to understand is what kind of love has motivated him towards us. He created us. He could, he could easily let us be destroyed. And start over. Are y'all with me? He created this planet. He created mankind. And mankind 
betrayed him, gave away paradise to his enemy. Are you listening? It's not his fault that men disobeyed him, sinned against him, gave up the earth to his enemy. That's not his doing. That's not his fault. Come on, are y'all with me? And yet, men and women all over the planet are blaming him for all the junk that's going on. Well, is he the one that brought the curse on the earth? Was he the one that decided to not listen to God? No. No. Here's the thing we need to realize. Without God's intervention, how long would mankind have survived? By by the time of Noah, the earth was so bad. Hmm? <laughs> There's been times before in praying, I, I said to the Lord, man, Lord, you know, I guess this is bad as it's ever been. He said, no. It's been much worse. It's not even close to being as bad right now as it's ever been. See, again, wrong thinking. You know how bad it was in Noah's time? Planet-wide, there was one family worth saving. Globally. Because the earth had become full of violence. And it grieved God that he had made man. So violence and destruction is not God's mysterious will. It's mankind off the rails. Come on, y'all with me. And you can see who's behind it. Who is it that never comes except to do one of these three? Steal, kill, destroy. It ain't God. And when human beings yield to him, you see more killing. When human beings yield to him, you see more stealing and more destroying. If God's will was perfectly done in the earth, the crime rate would be zero. (laughs) Zero. If God really was control, in full control of everything happening down here, there would be no pain, no death, no sorrow. Have you read the end of the book? Because that's what's coming. I said, that's what's coming. Won't be too long. There's going to be new heavens, new earth, no curse, no pain, no sorrow. The lion's going to lie down with the lamb. Carnivores are going to eat grass. Never saw that. (laughs) Why? Because violence and death is not God's will. Not his plan. In fact, 1 Corinthians 15 says death 
is an enemy. It's the last enemy that shall be put underfoot. You hear people say stupid things like, oh, they finally got a peace in sweet death. Ain't nothing sweet about death. Finally, sweet release in death. Death, ain't nothing good about death. Death is about decay. And there'd never been any death if there'd never been any sin. One of these days, there's going to be no more dying. No more cemeteries. No more funerals. We've never been in a place like that. Anybody looking forward to that? There's going to be no more war. No more starving to death. No more hurricanes. Huh? No more sub-zero weather. Now that may not mean as much to you sitting here in Florida, but... I could hear folks shouting from Minnesota. I heard it. No, no more sub-zero. No more 100 degrees sweating. No more earthquakes. No more tsunamis. No more tornadoes. No more hurricanes. No more. No more. No more. All God would have had to do is nothing. When Adam and Eve sinned, he warned them, the wages of sin is death. He could have let them die right there without a seed, without a child, and that would have been the end of human beings. And it would have been nobody's fault but ours. Are you all with me? Yes. Even past that. When there were multitudes of people on the planet in Noah's time. He could have very easily let us destroy ourselves. Let us wipe ourselves out. That's the end of it. But God so loved. Was anybody with me now? He so loved When he says the world, he's not just talking about the planet, the people in the world. That he was not willing to let that be the end of it. He was not willing to let us just mess ourselves up and die and perish. He wasn't willing. How, How can you save it? How can you save a planet full of human beings? How? Spiritually, there must be redemption, or elsewise God is unjust. He can't bless disobedience. He can't bless sin. That would make him unjust, the righteous judge of all the earth. There's only one way, redemption. It has, their sin has to be paid for. Judgment has to come on their sin until justice is satisfied. And because we are so valuable, the Bible said the price of a soul ceases forever. You can't buy a soul with any amount of money. There was only one thing. 
in all the universe that was worth enough to buy us. And it was the spotless, sinless soul and blood of his only son at the time. If somebody that you've done everything for ignores you, defies you, doubts you, disobeys you, messes up everything you did for them, are you now going to take your only child who is your perfect love and perfect obedience to you and sacrifice them to get these rebellious ones back? That's why the Bible said a lot of people wouldn't do that. (laughs) But God. Oh, somebody say, but God. But God so loved us. (laughs) I think you could preach on John 3, 16. (laughs) We're on the first three words. I think you could preach on John 3, 16 for for 100 years. God, what? He loved us in such a manner, in such a way, that he was not willing to see us perish. Come on, quote the verse for me. For God so loved the world that what? That he gave his only begotten son. Why? Whoever believes in him would what? Would what? Would what? Not perish. That's he so loved us, he was not willing to stand by and watch us perish. He's got a universe full of stars and planets. How easy would it have been for him to let sin and judgment take its course? One stray meteor. Right? <laughs> One stray meteor. And that pesky mankind problem is not a problem anymore. <laughs> but something about you and me that in spite of our flesh and our mistakes and our idiocy he loves us he wants us he wants us forever he's unwilling to let us perish oh come on can you see it oh for God so loved let me read it again in 1 John 3 1 behold What manner of love God has bestowed on us that we should be called. We're not going to be known throughout the ages to come as the people who messed up. Because our sins and iniquities, he will remember no more. We're not going to be known as the ones who lost the planet to the devil. We're going to be known throughout the ages to come as the sons of God. 
Not just his servants, the sons of God. Oh, hallelujah. And just like the world didn't recognize Jesus when he came, he came into his own. His own received him not. Well, even so now, they don't know who we are. Make fun of us. Mock us. But that's going to change one day. One of these days, every knee is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess that Jesus is Lord. Oh! <laughs> and there's going to be time a time when his final enemies make their final stand of rebellion and the master is going to lead the host on a mighty white steed with gold band across his chest that says king of kings and lord of lords but here but 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 wait there's more <laughs> if you look just behind him the Bible said there's going to be a host no man could number, robed in white. Hallelujah. The redeemed of the Lord. Woo. We're going to be caught up at the trump of God, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Where he goes, we go. (laughs) Go to Ephesians, please. Oh, thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Actually, I'm... uh, I'm not ready to go to... Ephesians. Have you got just a minute? Go to go to John sixteen first. Thank you, Lord, for helping us this morning. So much of what has been taught about God. The Bible and salvation is wrong. God is not some scholastic concept. He is who He is. He's real. You want to know about God, stare into the night sky. (laughs) Consider creation. He's real. And He is awesome. Beyond words. But His love is beyond words. 1 Corinthians talks about this. It says, thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. One translation says, too wonderful for words. God so loved the world that he gave his son. And the gift of his son, what kind of gift it is, shows what kind of love it is. The gift of his son, his love, 
is too wonderful for words. That answers the question, what kind of love this is? It's, you can't express it. Because God is love. And you're trying to express the Almighty, the Creator, which is definitely out beyond your and my vocabulary. But the the problem, above all, is that men have, many have rejected this love. It's not all the stuff that people have made to be the big issue. This is the big problem. Not receiving this amazing love. Not believing it and not receiving it. In John 16, are you there? He said in verse 17, verse 7, John 16, 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come to you. But if I depart, I'll send him to you. Did he depart? Did he send the Comforter? And when he is come, so he has come, so this is currently happening now. When he is come... What will he do? He will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Now, what sin will he reprove the world of? Of sin, verse 9, because what? Because they believe not on me. Nobody's going to be in hell separated from God. Because of being a drug addict, or a prostitute, or a liar, or a thief, or a murderer, or a child molester. Are you listening? Because all of those sins and failures were laid on Jesus. At the crosses. Come on, is anybody with me? Are you listening? Maybe you wouldn't forgive them, but he will. Hmm? If somebody genuinely repents. We're talking about eternity here. Nobody's going to be separated from God in hell because of the bad things that they did. And yet that's what people are focused on. Why would they be there? Because they, they rejected this great love that God offered. That's the, the sin that separates you from Him. A sin because they believe not on me. First John says, we have believed the love that He has for us. Many hear it and think it's too good to be true. It's a fairy tale. It's a fairy tale. This is ridiculous. Some big master creator that made everything that loves me. So that's junk. That's hogwash. No, it's the truth. I said it's the truth. It's the truth. He so loved all of mankind that he would not watch us perish. 
He wanted to save us. <laughs> and there was only one thing that would do it. There was only one thing valuable enough to purchase us and pay for our sin. It was the blood of the Lamb. The life's in the blood. And He was willing to pay it. Somebody say, what kind of love? What kind, what kind of love? What kind of love? Hallelujah. I know I'm taking some time this morning, but do you believe this is worth taking some time? Yes, it is. So, as you're visiting with people and as you're doing things, don't ding them about their sins. Huh? About their mistakes. That's not really what the deal is. If they'll receive his love, if they'll come on in and get born from above, get filled with the Spirit, some of the most obnoxious people can become the greatest people you've ever been around. Look at you. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> what God can do. Is that right? Well, don't sell them short. But don't, don't ding them. Don't, don't bug them. Don't condemn them. Don't judge them about their problem over here, their failure, their sin over here. Yeah, maybe it's not right. Maybe it's glaringly. Bad. But that's not really the problem. The problem is not receiving his love and his salvation. And until you get that, none of the rest of it really matters. Now, it'll cause them a lot of pain, but it's not really the problem. Go to Ephesians, please. In closing, I think. Ephesians chapter 2 You know the picture of what we're talking about is what happened with Jesus when he was on the earth you know at one point he looked over the city of Jerusalem and he wept he cried why he he's expressing the heart of the father and another place in Matthew, he said, how many times I would have gathered you like a hen gathers her chicks. But you wouldn't. You wouldn't let me. You wouldn't come to me. He came to his own and, and he's saying, it's here. I'm here. The Messiah, the fulfillment of Scripture. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. And they said, uh-uh. No, we don't want you. God wouldn't let you perish. He's, pay, he's, pay, he's about to pay the price on the cross. It's already happened in him before the foundation of the world. And it's being fulfilled right now. Because he wouldn't lose his man. Amen. He wouldn't lose us. And they said, no, 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 no. That's. The sin. Are y'all with me? Refusing this kind of gift. Rejecting this kind of love.
When he says, come, let me gather you, what do you say? Let me gather you like a hen gathers her little chicks. What do you do? You go running going, cheep, 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 cheep. Get me get under the wing. (laughs) He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide safe, secure, prosperous, blessed, happy under the shadow of the Almighty. Ephesians 2, are you there? Verse 4, Amplified. Ephesians 2, 4, Amplified. But God. (laughs) We were dead in trespasses and sins. We were without God. Not a part of the covenant. Death ruling and reigning in the earth. But God. It looked bleak. For mankind. In the beginning. I'm sure. After God told Adam and Eve what he told them. He said you're going to die. They did it. All the angels. All the created beings. Watch it. They probably shook their heads. Oh no. He told them. (laughs) Right. (laughs) They're waiting. For the hammer to fall. And it didn't. A prophecy came about a seed that would come. Oh, hallelujah. God, so rich is he in his mercy. Because of in order to satisfy the great and wonderful and intense love with which he loved us. What kind of love? God so loved what manner of love? Great love, wonderful love, intense love. Come on, say this, this great, this wonderful, this intense love that he loved me with. Verse 5, because of that, even when we were dead, slain by our own shortcomings and trespasses, he made us alive together in fellowship, in union with Christ. He gave us the very life of Christ himself. The same new life which he quickened him for. It's by grace that you are saved. Hallelujah. Verse 6. And he raised us up together with him. And made us sit down together in the heavenly sphere. In Christ Jesus. The Messiah. The anointed one. He wouldn't have it. That we groveled. In fallen flesh. And perished. And that's the end of it. He wouldn't have it. He loved us so much that no matter how badly we messed ourselves up, he made a way so we could get back. So he could still have us. So we could still have him. And not just so we could grovel in the dirt, in the curse, but so that we could sit with him in heavenly places and rule and reign with him. Hallelujah, in his heavenly kingdom, that we might be called the sons of the living God. Can you say amen? Amen. Stand on your feet, everybody. Oh, praise God.